welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Blood Second Geeks podcast. I am Chris, and joining me this week is Corey and Cody. How's it going, guys? Nice tits, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. So this week, uh, we are looking at Thanksgiving uh, because, you know what, we decided, we, we were we were talking about doing munchies, and then I started thinking, I was like, holy crap, this is basically going to be our lead-in episode to Thanksgiving. We should, maybe we should call an audible and look at a Thanksgiving horror mi- movie? I think that was a brave decision. Also, I think it was the right decision because, uh, you know, we did a Halloween episode with Night of the Demons and hell, we got lucky as shit with the Saturday the 14th episode releasing on Saturday the 14th. (laughs) That was all planned very, very carefully. So, uh, yeah, good call on the Thanksgiving. Yeah, definitely. And so I guess, uh, I, I guess we're now setting a precedent that we're just going to do holiday themed fucking episodes from here on out. Yeah, regardless of the week, we'll find the most obscure holiday and jam a movie into that holiday just to uh, please others. I can't wait to watch Million Dollar Baby on Boxing Day. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Or actually, we should probably watch Leprechaun on the Hood uh, on on St. Patrick's Day, though, for real. I mean, I... I, because there's two of them. There's fucking two? Oh, <laughs> yeah, my I, God. I know what I'm watching. I, wait, the second one was uh, a Hornswoggle, wasn't it? I, I don't know, but I bought this set that has, like, all the Leprechaun movies, and I realized it. But four is Wings in Space, five is Leprechaun, Leprechaun in the Hood, and six is Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Wait, is it still so, Warwick uh, Davis? Is it still yeah. Warwick Davis? And does he flow in the movie again? I, I don't know. Oh. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> well, I, guess we, I, I got lots of stuff to get to. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. Uh, I'll tell you that when we went into this movie, I've never, I had never seen Thanksgiving before. I've heard of it, um, but I always just assumed it was one of those just like really dumb horror movies that you know like jack frost and you know just stupid shit like that that was just really really bad um i will say i was very surprised by what i got out of this film and i i really enjoyed it no yeah uh i had actually seen it back uh uh uh, time of year back in 2011 while I was in school, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to start a new McGuire tradition and watch Thanksgiving. And I sat there at my computer watching this thing, and uh, I don't know what it was, but I fucking despised it. I hated <laughs> this shit so much. I was like, this is so stupid, which it is. But, uh, yeah, so I just kind of wrote it off, and then when you came up with the idea of doing uh, Thanksgiving, I was like, you know what, that's nine years ago. Uh, let's give it another shot and holy fuck. Am I glad I did because this movie is just the bees knees. As far as awesomely bad films, I'm going to say if you're talking about the room or this movie or that movie, 
or any movie, Thanksgiving needs to be in in your mouth in the same sentence as movies like Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Because it's like they set out to do something and they did it. But man, it, it, this movie just spoke to me in so many ways. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I stopped myself and just looked in the mirror after this movie and just said, wow, <laughs> for like 36 seconds. Different. But one of the things that's different is I think like shit like the room what honestly a good flick. These guys were one hundred percent just like we wanna make the dumbest thing we can. <laughs> and, and I think they succeeded. It's something about the authenticity of the way they've committed to the shtick and the joke and like the the the, the full on just the, the the gauche nature of like their jokes and their the the storyline that that's what brought me into it i was like man i'm fully into this right now because of that <laughs> definitely um okay so let's, what have you been watching man yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say is let's uh let's pause on the uh the movie talk for a minute and let's let's get into what we've been watching um cory dude you've been watching some really gross shit deep in (laughs) what is going on in the mcguire household these days oh uh well yeah i have been on quite a kick of well like we've started this thing in my house my wife is starting to get burned out on all the shit i watch so uh we'll watch something together and then afterwards i just have to ramp up my level of like depravity that much to compensate for whatever (laughs) normal thing we just watched and um like shit, I just got the I Spit on Your Grave uh box set, which if y'all don't know, that's one of the like most hardcore movies. It's it's got a thirty minute gang rape scene. The which, OG, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um but I mean she comes back with a fucking vengeance. I mean, the coolest shots is there's one of the, her attackers in a lake and she's coming at him full speed in a speedboat holding an axe above her head. And just badass. And, uh, I, I mean, all the people get what's coming to them in uh, just terrific ways. And the thing is, like, it's obviously super controversial because they spend so much time on the rape scene. But um, yeah, I don't know who's right or who's wrong, but lots of people defend it as a feminist movie because there's no part of the movie where they're glorifying that part or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the people that did it to her get such horrific uh, payback, uh, lots of people are, I mean, one of the alternate titles of it is Day of the Woman. And uh, I think it could easily be seen as a feminist movie, although it's uh, too, uh, well, but I, I don't know. I think it's a really, really good movie. And uh, yeah, it's one of those that you can't really watch too often, but this one has a Joe Bob Briggs commentary on it. This one. And uh, I spit on your grave, Deja Vu, which came with it, which came out, I think, last year, 2018. They both have Joe Bob Briggs commentary on it. So, uh, yeah, really good shit. Nice. Uh, Cody, what have you been watching? Man, uh, me and the wife, he got into Doom Patrol, which is on HBO Max. Nice. It's a DC team up thing. It's the original team up and it's fucking awesome. I mean, like HBO level quality mm-hmm. superhero shit. That's like got just Brennan Fraser. Anyway, it fucks. It fucks really hard. <laughs> and then we watched like The Devil's Advocate the other day. Just randomly. Oh, God. Hell yeah. 
dude, Al Pacino is just on fire that whole movie. I mean, it's just like, oh, man. It's- I remember when that movie came out, my dad. I, it's so weird, man. I've, I think I've only watched a film with my father in the theater maybe two or three times in my life. One was um, Jurassic Park. The second was the first X-Men movie. And the third was Devil's Advocate. <laughs> and that scene with Charlize Theron in the church, when she just, she's in the trench coat and she opens up a full frontal scene. It was the most awkward moment because it was basically just <laughs> me and my dad alone in the theater, sitting next to each other, looking at Charlie Theron's bush. <laughs> it was not a inter- pop or not in slap your hands in the bag. Like, let me, l- let me add another level to this for, for everyone that watches movies and, and finds a certain level of eroticism from seeing a woman on film, get naked. So in post, Nine times out of ten, the audio on set is not the audio you're hearing in in the final product. The person has to go and literally rub fabric together or like make footsteps to to recreate the sound. So that's called foley, and that's like what they that's what the sound effects artists do. So when you see Angelina Jolie or, or Charlie Theron taking off their clothes or walking and looking all hot, and you're like, "Damn, that's hot," you're actually probably hearing a dude like rubbing cloth together in a studio. <laughs> so there's like some there's a weird level of weirdness there. So just just be just be just be cognizant. So the more the more it the more it entices you, probably the more it's not what it it seems. So like the being best a- the best walkers like are uh, traditionally are women. Like they're the best foley walkers. So like they even do the guy's footsteps. So that throws everything off. So you think this dude like Superman's got a fucking badass strut? He's got a pimp swagger. No, no, that's just a little old lady in in, in Burbank just like walking on a wooden box next to a you couple like of microphones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh, we man. watched that we watched that those were great um and then uh yeah man i would i would highly recommend doom patrol if you don't have kids and you want to watch a, a superhero shit nice nice um so i i did not watch a lot of horror stuff this week uh, i didn't really watch a lot of anything other than uh, obviously things killing but i did see this awesome new nickelodeon documentary that just came out this week called the orange years have you guys heard about this i haven't seen it yet Is Dude, it good? it's what you told so me. good it's it's about it's about a 90 minute documentary and they get some killer interviews i mean you got mark summers you've got um you got the some of the cast from salute your shorts hey dude <laughs> They go far back, far, far back, all the way to the all the way to the time of um, like pinwheel and that stuff like that predates actual Nickelodeon. And that was really what launched Nickelodeon is that they were they were basically trying to license anything they could get their hands on at the time just because they wanted some sort of like um, like their own programming. And so they ended up just happening upon this this like little show from canada you 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 know you can't say that on television which you know at the time wasn't called that and they ended up picking it up um and it was kind of off to the races after that but it was just it they do a really good job um of showing the impact of the positive impact that nickelodeon had on kids growing up and and showing like it, it, I thought it was really cool how, from a corporate standpoint, they really had kids' best interests at heart um, over money because they would not um, do any sort of sponsorship stuff in any of their shows. 
And so they weren't advertising directly to the kids. Uh, it, a lot of times you had just pure educational stuff, and that's all it was. Whereas today, I just it, – it's, it's lost. And it shows towards the end how kind of Nickelodeon became this just regular fucking corporate entertainment, you know, giant. Well, every single game show they had, one of the prizes was a pair of British Knights. Oh, God, those are so good. <laughs> BK all never, day. BK all day. Did you guys ever have any British Knights? Fuck Girl, yeah, I did. No. I yeah, never I don't. I did I have, have some, like, first-gen Fila's, which I got, on, I got on those, like, early on. I, I feel good about that. I mean, yeah, I was six foot in sixth grade, but... Uh, I, I, and I have every shoe imaginable from Jordans to Barclays to, to the, Barclays. Chuck, the, the, the Larry Johnson grandma goo shoes. <laughs> grandma. I, I couldn't, I couldn't shoot a fucking basketball of my life depending on me. Like, so I, but I had those British nights that I, I, I rocked those shits. I walked in them, <laughs> probably got a muddy in the Creek and just left them outside in the backyard. <laughs> They're That's, still there today. Dude. I'm, I'm telling you, man, those were a, a, like a rite of passage back in the day of mark of honor. You're just like badges. What? Those Never are had. the Reebok pumps. Oh, dude, I still got some pumps. <laughs> Pump all the time. But I think now it's time. Let's talk about some fucking Thanksgiving, guys. Let's get yeah. into it. <laughs> there is so much going on here. So I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I guess at the beginning, what what do you want? How do we want to approach this? Well, I want to say that on the uh, DVD, so I went ahead and bought it uh, on the cover the uh, one of the things it says on the front cover is warning boobs in the first second, and <laughs> they are not fucking lying. I don't need a warning about that. I mean, I, I appreciate the heads up, but I don't need to be warned. No. <laughs> if this were if this were in Suncoast back in ninety eight ninety nine, if we saw that on the cover of a movie, it would be an insta buy. We would be like, yes, I'm gonna get that. It would be a fight over who got to buy it yeah i mean i think we all would have ended up with a copy at some point you know just because just just for that that major that same reason i would have bootlegged your guys's copy with some like <laughs> win dixie blank vhs tapes <laughs> oh my god win dixie blank vhs tapes. I mean, dude like, we used to take we used to take full two liters of milk and just throw them at the wall at, at Winn-Dixie in the back. I don't know why did we do that. No, we used to do the wildest shit. I remember one time we were, like, hitting Miracle Whip canisters and, like, uh, containers and, like, exploding them. Chris, you've got to tell me you remember this. Oh, my like, God. Dude, I remember everything, and I still tell all of our Winn-Dixie stories. So there was a time where <laughs> this was, like, 98 or 99, and, we, yeah, we were, like, sophomore juniors in high school. And oh, I we remember, were such little shits. I think – um. <laughs> Dennis pissed me off one night, and so I went back to Cody. So I, at this time, I was working in the dairy section, and when I came in after school, the manager of the dairy section would leave in the day. So I was basically – no one was managing me at all, and I was just running amok in Winn-Dixie. Cody, meanwhile, was working the seafood area. Oh, man, I run that shit. I <laughs> ran it. I used to make myself lobsters and, like, shrimps every day in that bitch. I went up to Cody one day after Dennis pissed me off. I was like, Cody, I need a pound of jumbo black tiger shrimp ASAP. And he whipped that up really quick. And uh, I went back to the stock room and I hid it underneath some pallets. And, you know, after a few days, you started smelling a little bit. You started, it was just kind of that rank kind of um, old, nasty kind of vagina smell. 
And then it amped up, like, in the next few weeks. It permeated that entire store. It, the entire thing just reeks of old, nasty shrimp. And I remember the managers were just like, what is this smell? And I let it go on for way too long. Um, I finally got rid of it. I remember we, we were like turning the the temperature down in the back to try and like keep the smell from going places. And there's like this old guy in the meat market, this old like boxer. He was like punch drunk. And he was just like, <laughs> he was like, there's grass in the field. You can hit it. And I was like, what? And she's like, if you can, if she can pee out of it, it can be hit. And I was just no. like, no. And I, I was remember like, kinda, that guy. I walked he- to like the other end of the store and told Corey neighbors and you, I believe at the same time. And I was just like, I can't believe that. Old oh Boxer God. Joe guy he said this. I remember him. He looked like um, the dude uh, from from Bloodsport, the guy that gets his head kicked in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I Because <laughs> he kind of had that weird cockeyed like like look to him. But dude, I swear to God, he used to he used to be in the back in the meat locker punching the slabs of meat like getting like Rocky training style? like getting like boxing training in and he was just like oh what's up young blood like i said that to me when i came <laughs> on the corner once and i was just like oh, shit. <laughs> oh my god okay let's get into this fucking movie let's get so Corey, do you have the the rundown on this film Can i do talk? i do all right let's uh, jump into this all right so um like so last night I watched the movie that I watched it right back to back with the commentary on the wife came in and she's listening to the commentary and was like, this sounds like you fuckers. And it does because the way they came up with this movie is in like late December of 2006, they were all just like hanging out at their local blockbuster and they all would just check out the movies with the most ridiculous box covers and go watch it like troll two or Birdemic shit like that shit that we would do and uh they basically just started coming up with an idea for a holiday they were going to do an easter one with the easter bunny and uh call it um extrava kill which um thankfully they went with thanksgiving because that, that doesn't really work as well but all they did was just sit, sit around and like write down all these turkey and thanksgiving puns they could think of because their goal was they put the comedy above the horror and then just went with it. Whether you're laughing at them or laughing with them, they don't give a fuck. They just wanted to make people laugh. And um, so the director, Jordan Downey, who was also the producer and writer, and uh, his buddy, Kevin Stewart, both were uh, students at Loyola Marymount School of Film and Television in Los Angeles. And uh, Kevin Stewart was also a producer, writer. He was a cinematographer and editor. Uh, so they came up with this idea and started writing it. And then they set, sent the script out to some of their friends just to let them pepper in some of their own jokes. And uh, that's basically how they wrote the script, just bullshitting over the course of a few weeks. And then um, they got the money together in between during the summer between their junior and senior year at college they shot this over 11 days for $3,500 back in uh, their hometown in Ohio. Fucking bravo. That's a, that's, that's so a, you're telling me they shot this film for $3,500. Dude, $3,500, $3, 11 days. That like makes, that like gives me so much inspiration and like hurts my heart at the same time that of uh, the things, the money I've wasted and blown in my life that I could have <laughs> put towards a, 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 a some sort of, crazy horror themed like the adventure like this god bravo bravo no i mean 
in of all the movies like inspire people, I I felt the same way because there was a time in my life, shit, especially during college, that I would have been so down for doing this. And the fact that these guys who were, you know, like 20, 21 years old, just got as much money as they could, no matter how little it actually was, and said, fuck it, and put it together. And it was something that made them laugh. And you can see during some of the outtakes, they're just laughing their asses off the entire time, whether it's funny or not. They're having fun. They're doing what they want to do. And, um, I mean, what was surprising, I thought, is at the end, the director, uh, Jordan Downey, was saying he wasn't sure if he wanted his name attached to it because he knew it was so ridiculous and outlandish. And, you know, his goal in life was to be able to make movies. And he didn't know if he was going to be able to do that after putting out Things Killing. But, you know what, uh, though? Like, I would say so many amazing directors get their start off really bad, schlocky horror. Oh yeah, we talked about so many great ones. Yeah, but Roger Corman is famous for churning out directors like that. Peter Jackson, you know, like James Cameron. Yeah, I mean, so like it's it's like I I think I I I I I bet he has a much different view on this film today. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, they recorded this right before four years after it was released, right before they started shooting the sequel which is Thanksgiving three. No, they, there is not a Thanksgiving two, but that is part of the plot of Thanksgiving three. Uh, Turkey's trying to get the last known copy of Thanksgiving two in Thanksgiving That's three. That's so good. Is- God damn it. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in. But, God, uh, look, okay, I, I love it. I love all the ideas. I also saw on his IMDb that he did a critters like short. That's like, yeah, yeah. So he made his, one. His favorite movie of all time, Jordan Downey, the writer director, uh, his favorite movie of all time is Critters. And in 2014, he put together, it's about a six, seven minute short Critters Bounty Hunter. And uh, so he put that out. His most recent thing is called The Headhunter in 2018, which uh, dude, supposed to be his like, dude, biggest. I will movie. say this. That movie is fucking awesome. I did not know. So you've seen it? Yes. There's oh, no dialogue in the movie. The it's, fuck? Yes. Okay. It's basically this dude that wakes up every day and it's like set in this like fantasy medieval time. And he looks kind of like a just a fucking grizzled badass Viking dude. And he goes out and he walks out to like close to the fucking like where the kingdom is and shit. And they 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 will put up this like wanted poster for a monster and he will go out and kill the monster Basically, what ends up happening is um, when he had a daughter that was a baby and this monster came and killed her. And so he's basically on a vengeance to try to find this monster. So he's killing every monster in the land. And every day he kills one, he brings its head back and spikes it on this like stake in his in his house. It's so fucking awesome. It's that sounds so awesome. It's really it's on Shutter. It's so good. Check it out. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. But yeah, he did uh, that, and then his buddy, Kevin Stewart, who, like I said, was the cinematographer, writer, producer, editor, he went on to, uh, actually, it's kind of a weird story for him. He was born in Paris and raised in Portugal until he was 17, and he wanted to be in, make movies so badly, his parents moved the entire fucking family from Portugal to Portland, Oregon, <laughs> so he could pursue his dream of filmmaking in America, and went to school at Loyola Marymount, like I said. And after school, he uh, was one of the primary cinematographers for Funny or Die. So he did a bunch of shit wow. with Will Ferrell. 
He was a cinematographer on a unfriended dark web in 2018 and also with headhunter. So he still does like anything Jordan Downey does Kevin Stewart's involved in, but it sounds like Kevin Stewart has gone on to be, have quite a career as a cinematographer himself. Could you imagine the amount of pressure that would be on you if you moved your entire fucking family from entire continent to the, like almost the other side of the world to pursue like your passion in filmmaking and then you have to then go on and oh. do some shit to make it worth your family sacrifice. <laughs> and you got to tell them, hey, <laughs> mom and dad, I made thanks killing. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a movie in itself right there. Is that, oh, my son, my son, he, he has this dream of being a filmmaker, and you guys should watch this movie. It's called Thanks Killing. We're really proud of it. You know, like, <laughs> nice tits, bitch. Nice tits, bitch. But, and also the director is also the voice of the turkey, which just gives me right. the most delight because, it, like, I, I'm just, I can hear it, like, in his voice. Like, he is, like, uh, he... He finds this entertaining, and that's, like, one of the best things I love about movies, and that's why I make the stuff that I make, and that's why, I like, I, I really enjoy the opportunity to make the promos for Bloodsucking Geeks, because I sort of uh, I sort of get the same idea. Like, I'm making something that's entertaining to me, that's, like, funny to me, and I feel like that's what he did. He was like, this is hilarious. Like, this turkey just said this, and he's the <laughs> person that is the turkey. You know, it's like... And what's interesting about that is... So they were just obviously super low budget. So they were just, you know, shooting as they quickly as they could. And they always planned on like going back and hiring a voice actor to redo the lines. But they discovered that he was, you know, all the lines were kind of on top of each other. So they couldn't like re-record it. So he just basically went into a studio himself and they enhanced his voice a little bit and just kept him as the voice. But that was definitely not their original plan. But, uh, you know, shit works out. But yeah, like That's you were hilarious. saying, uh, I don't think there's a single joke that made it into the movie that they didn't laugh at. And in fact, the, I read that there's nothing that they shot that didn't make it into the movie. The only thing that <laughs> didn't make it into the movie was originally the opening scene was going to be this big extravagant Thanksgiving scene with, uh, you know, the pilgrims and shit, but they just didn't fucking have enough money. So Jordan Downey, he, his brother came up with the idea. It's like, well, why don't you just shoot the most crazy shit you could, you can think of. So they start off with a close up on a pilgrim's nipple and, uh, we get that epic opening and, scene. And the rest is titstery. <laughs> <laughs> how did they get, do we know how they ended up getting Wanda lust attached so, to this? So my, during the commentary, they said that if you, yourself are looking for a porn star or your uh, low budget horror movie all you need to do is get on craigslist is that right so apparently they just found her on craigslist and i've done uh some research trying to find uh some <laughs> other wandalust appearances okay i have not had any luck yet but it was purely out of you know my sure. dedication yeah. to research even, to the show i don't I even think craigslist is around anymore though is is it yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you I don't for your think service. it's used for like what it's intended for, but. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, this this film it basically starts off with um, Wanda Lust's tits out, uh, which <laughs> that I mean I can't imagine a better way to start a just sloppy horror film. 
That's, I mean, look, I mean, you hook me, you hook me. It doesn't matter. They don't have to be great tits and they're pretty decent, but they don't have to be great tits. But either way, it just starts off and you're like, oh, you're either on board or not on board from that exact moment. Like, you know, like, like, and they go to places, they go to places with the sexual tension and the homoeroticism and, and, and another sex scene that we'll get to later, they go to places that you would never expect a, a movie like this would, 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 would like sort of impinge on. You know, it's like these lots of levity and lots of uh, I found a lot of a lot of allegory and like metaphor in the in the content and the, in the story, like a lot of symbolism. That's beautiful. <laughs> Have you ever seen well, a turkey's I mean, penis? No. I was just Googling it just now, and I mean, I don't do. Do we eat that thing? I, it, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it gets like 15 inches. That's what. I, oh, that's a hog. Oh, Matt, uh, sorry, wrong, wrong type of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to know what your search history looks like, dude. <laughs> oh, we should do that for the for the pod at some point. We should just pull up our our search history, and read it, read it out. Uh, here, I'll I'll do mine right now. This is great. Okay, hold on, wait. Uh, so I'm going. Oh, I'm just gonna do my my my. Uh, I'm just gonna read my 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 search history. So we have thanks killing oh, streaming. We've got uh, Ryobi forty volt lithium uh, cordless leaf blower. Uh, we've got leaf sucker, which I don't think you don't you don't want to type that in because I was looking oh, for a leaf blower. And then I, and then I was looking for a song called Squeeze Me Macaroni by Mr. Bungle. Uh, speaker systems, uh, speaker systems. Man, I, I don't have anything like. Uh, Vapes, Cracker Barrel, Steadicam stuff, Devil's Advocate, um, how to kill, escape or kill, how to escape or kill a Wendigo, you know the. Um, <laughs> Why are you worried about a fucking Wendigo? Cody? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, they can stealthily stalk their victims for for extended periods. I'm like, they got supernatural speed and endurance, like heightened senses and shit. They can hear stuff, panic heartbeats from miles away, bro. <laughs> God damn it. All right, all right. Let's pivot back. Let's get, get back on topic here. Okay, so, all right. I think the one thing we haven't done yet is, uh, Corey, like, like throw down a synopsis on this film. Let's let everyone know what the fuck, like, this film's even about. Because I feel like we haven't set that tone yet. Okay, so, I mean, the most basic synopsis is this uh, 500-year-old, killer turkey rises from the grave to terrorize five college friends over their Thanksgiving break. I mean, that's about it. And uh, I mean, to get into it, basically um, back in Pilgrim times, uh, this old Native American named feather cloud put on a, uh, basically performed some necromancy to uh, inhabit the body of a turkey who went on to butcher all the pilgrims, as we saw, and every 505 years he comes back to uh, kill any white people he finds. And he is awoken from his slumber by uh, a dog pissing on a miniature totem pole that marks his grave. So Turkey, and that is the killer turkey's name, is Turkey, T-U-R-K-I-E. Turkey rises from the grave to be pissed on, right on his face, R. Kelly style, by uh, (laughs) an old fucking dog. And uh, so he kills the dog, and uh, from there, he's out and about and loose and starts terrorizing these kids. Yeah, but, that, 
Exactly. And, 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 and to set the pace here, this, this turkey is no ordinary turkey. It's like basically a hand puppet that you only get really weird close-ups of. <laughs> and it talks shit the whole time. And its face... Oh, yeah. Its face just looks like I don't even know. It's like what's wild. It, it, a mangled it's like, dick. It's like sun-dried tomatoes and John John Wayne Bobbitt or something. You know, like but uh, but it's just this amazing. is what Melissa Rose's penis looks like. Oh wow, <laughs> this is the sleepaway camp, sleepaway cack. It always comes back to the sleepaway camp penis. Mm-hmm. You can slip in no, a little sleepaway uh, camp. The body of the turkey is actually uh hunting decoy a turkey hunting decoy that uh the director he Smart. made this entire thing in his uh bathroom because like obviously for thirty five hundred dollars you don't have much of a uh, special effects budget so they were teaching themselves how to do all this shit so they basically just got a hunting decoy and stuck some feathers in it and made this uh silly hand puppet and he this the director sitting there just off camera the entire time holding it and uh yeah, it, as silly as it is, it works because, I mean, another thing that I think should be pointed out is every character in this movie doesn't necessarily see turkey as a bird. They see it as, as like, oh, it's a talking turkey. Yeah, they talk to it immediately. Like, it's, it, and no one finds that strange. My, my, my wildest thing is later on when turkey has the police sheriff's uh, face on and they just, <laughs> they just buy it as her dad. They're just like, yeah, there's her dad. And and he's so incensed by this, he calls them retorted. He calls them retorted. And but but for real, like I uh, I loved every second the turkey's on screen is like a it's just it's riveting. And what about the scene where he's wearing the Groucho Marx like mask? Like, that's my favorite like, scene. <laughs> Corey, the whole movie. So stupid. It's, if you've ever okay, if you want to be sucked oh, into a vortex of dry awkwardness, watch that forty-five seconds where they drink coffee together in the kitchen, because that shit is fucking gold. And look, here's the thing: in the edit, and and I've experienced this in the edit, he probably just had that and was like. Fuck, my movie's only 61 minutes. I've got to get it to at least 69 minutes. You know, like, because the, the movie is also 69 minutes. I don't know if you guys 66 noticed that. 66 minutes. Ah, oh, Well, that's that's kind of like Demented it's or whatever, six, right? 66. Six. Yeah. Uh, but but dude, no, that whole scene with the them having coffee, that was all improv. And it's kind of, <laughs> I don't know, it's a turkey dresses a human and a human dresses a turkey because the sheriff is in a turkey costume about to go to a party. And uh, he thinks that uh, Turkey is just like a little person dressed as Groucho. And they're sitting there. And uh, he even when he drops an F-bomb and says, fuck, the sheriff's upset because he thinks Turkey is too young to be. Oh, I, I'm not worried about the. Fu- I'm worried about how old is the fuck. I'm 510 <laughs> years old. Oh, well, you can say fuck them. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, shit, I, we're bouncing all around. But this movie, I don't, let's start. Okay, 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 let's let's go back. Let's um. Okay, so we did the synopsis. <laughs> God, this week. Uh, let let's talk about the cast. Okay, um. So the cast, uh, clearly a bunch of um, not necessarily uh, name actors. Uh, two of them, Darren Carlson and Ryan Francis, who played uh. Billy and Darren, the big fat jock, and then uh, the nerdy guy. They actually were high school friends of the director, Jordan Downey. 
So basically, he just called him up. It's like, hey, I'm coming into town to shoot this movie, you know, this month. Uh, and they were all down for it. And then the rest of them were just, you know, amateur actors that, you know, had day jobs. So they were shooting like 12 hour days, but then also working their normal job. So all these people for 11 days really just put it all in there. But, um, I mean, I could give you their names, but no one would recognize them. Uh, cause they none of them went on to do anything. Right. No. Other than some of the, like the directors and yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they're all like just basically calling in favors and shit. And, uh, God, Billy, I feel like Billy, aside from the turkey, I feel like Billy stole this movie. Man, Billy looks so Billy, good. I'm going to put Billy on top because, I, I mean, and, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but his his shit hits the hardest, man. Yeah. Hit, like, it, his shit hits the hardest. <laughs> it hits Darren the hardest. It hits everybody. But, but I mean, but for real, like, these, these characters were just, like, fun, and they were, like, I, I really feel like the director was, like, not very particular. I think he was like, yeah, just say the lines, you know, like I think he didn't really like, like hound them about performance because it was so like, everything felt so natural to me. I was like, dude, I was like, this is just like half the crap that I've worked on. Like it really, (laughs) it really is. Well, yeah. Talking about that. I mean, the director even was saying in the commentary that a, they recognized that the dialogue wasn't that great, but (laughs) the whole point of it was, it wasn't supposed to be, and all the actors knew what they were doing. They, it's not like they're just bad actors. They knew that that's what was desired, that kind of performance. And most of these lines and shit, that was their first take because they simply didn't have time to go back and redo it. And he was saying, you know, it's not like this dialogue deserves to be got right. It's, it's what it is. And lots of times they would fuck their lines up, but they would just keep going with it just because that's got to be that had to be in the in the very like one of the opening scenes in the movie where they're outside of the school and everyone's excited about going for Thanksgiving break. And Which, let me tell the, you, everyone gets super pumped about Thanksgiving break. <laughs> yeah. Billy gets his tits out for Thanksgiving yeah. break. So I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so and then there's the one. I, I thought she was Asian. My wife did not think she was Asian. But can we talk about her? Oh, Cordova, the, the, the original Aubrey Plaza. Asian. Is she not Asian? Unless Cordova is uh, an Asian name, I'm I pretty think certain it it's not Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I used that line last night at a, <laughs> a dinner party, Cody. Yes. <laughs> um, but okay, so <laughs> Dan, Sam, sweet. <laughs> uh i don't remember where i was going with that bit oh uh but so the the yeah the casting i i thought she had an accent for sure at the beginning i was like wait oh no she, okay she's just like slurring her words a little bit but uh but she's also the one of the heroes of this movie because she has a sex scene <laughs> with um oh wow with, with yeah. wait, wait, let's, let's hold up till we get there but um the five characters, they also were just trying to play on the stereotypes of all the teen movies at the time. Okay. You had the jock athlete, um, Johnny. You had the hick redneck, Billy. The nerdy nerd, uh, Darren. Uh, they call her the slut. 
Allie, and then the good girl next door, Kristen. Who so, I, I mean, thought I thought was Johnny's sister, like till like halfway through the movie because he says he's most thankful for like seeing family, and mm-hmm. and then he looks at her, and I thought they were brother and sister, so I was like really confused about their relationship. I would have not been surprised if they had gone down that road in this movie. But <laughs> so yeah, uh, all these people are. Uh, driving back to their town from college for Thanksgiving to see their family. And Kristen's father is the sheriff. And uh, we first meet him in the morning when his wife is giving him some coffee. And uh, I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, maybe one of you who does drink coffee can talk about this a little bit. So she pours him. He, he's standing, he's sitting at the table trying to read his morning paper, you know, like once to do. And his wife, you know, goes and pours him a cup of coffee, completely black, mind you, no cream, no sugar, just kind of throws it down. He hits it pretty hard with that fake ass mustache he's got. <laughs> Wipes the little bit of like coffee that he's got on the side of his face. He's like, God damn, it tastes like you took a shit in it. <laughs> well, as a matter and of why? fact, I did. And, I, and also, I want a divorce. I want a fucking divorce. I want a fucking divorce. And he's like, well, all right. All right. <laughs> and then immediately he's like, well, Sheriff, yeah, I'm here. Like, the way he says that is it, – it, that also sold me on the entire movie I was in right at that moment when he drank shit and they showed it in the pot close up. Oh. Oh, man. Well, what's Cin- funny – cinema. Uh, the guy that played, um, the sheriff, Chuck Lamb. Oh God, let me find it because his IMDB profile is something that is, I want to share with people because his <laughs> wife wrote it. So his wife is very proud of her husband. Um, here we go. Come on. Well, I fucked this up. Okay. Born in the hills of North Carolina and now living near Tampa, Florida, Chuck is a total TV and movie fan. He always did what was right. He got a job, sometimes too, worked hard, was a good father, and raised his six children. And when everything was comfortable and settled, he set out to live his dream, to be an actor and see his name in the lights or in the credits. Uh, so that's his IMDB page. He has been called a global phenomenon, the most famous dead guy in the world, and the most unique website on the internet today because, uh, Dead Body Guy is his nickname. He hasn't been anything I've heard of outside of Thanksgiving, but um, <laughs> he's really hanging his hat on this uh, this performance, right? <laughs> and they really, his wife really wants to push that he's such a good guy and did what was right, and you know, like worked jobs and had kids. <laughs> is that? Do you think that that's like her getting a slight on like the director being like? You said this was going to take us places, and he was working two jobs <laughs> when he was in your movie. And he's an upstanding citizen. He's a good man. I wrote his eyes. He's paid his that. taxes. Yeah, he's paid up. <laughs> <laughs> paid his days. The uh, guy that played Johnny Lance Predmore knew uh, this guy, Chuck Lamb, and recommended him to Jordan Downey, the director, and uh, that's how he got the role. But I just found that funny that his wife wrote his IMDb profile and when Albert Way mentioned how much of a stand-up guy he was. I can't every, wait. Every moment of this movie makes me question my thought process and every filmmaker's thought process of, like, picking actors, casting actors, getting shit right, making every sure everything's perfect. Like, like Thanksgiving is kind of, like, really the 
sort of the litmus test. It sort of shows you don't have to get it all perfect the first time. No, I mean, shit, there's, and watching the commentary, they're pointing out all the mistakes there are that, like, in a shot that's at night, I don't know is a boom in the shot, because unless it's the light catching it just right, you're not seeing it. And then how they're, when they break down on the side of the road at the first of the movie, when they go back the next morning, it's a different location, but unless you were there when they were shooting it, you don't know, so... I can only imagine that when you're shooting a movie, you're so super critical of yourself in thinking of all the mistakes. But when it's up on the screen, someone who wasn't there is watching it. They don't know the fucking difference. Right. True. I bet you, you probably see that a lot, Cody, right? Oh, all the time, all the time. Like, and also a lot of the stuff in the script gets lost on the page. Like it never gets shown on screen and everyone's like, what? Uh, uh, and this is a movie that I think is like where the, the script just like just just jumps right out onto the screen, like at every moment, like that they that they are acting. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, they're on their way home for Thanksgiving. They break down the side of the road, so they decide to camp out for the night. Uh, that's the night that Turkey's brought back to life. Uh, the good girl Kristen sees Turkey in the woods, runs away from him, and then. Uh, She's telling everyone, they're just like, oh, you're just spooked from the story that Darren told us. And then out of nowhere, a tiny rabbit gets thrown into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> just, and the whole thing is so stupid and pointless. But the director during the commentary was just like, if you're asking why, this is not the movie for you. Right, none, right. none of this is supposed to make sense. It's just shit that made us laugh. We bought that rabbit at Toys R Us that day and just threw it in there. And then... uh in the morning, um, Billy wakes up and the hermit is looking over and is just like, yep, I scared Turkey off. He was about to kill you last night. And sure as shit, he's got some turkey shit on turkey his chest. <laughs> Which, and this is the first instance of several things that kind of surprised me about the movie. So the turkey shit was actually just marshmallows that they covered, uh, colored red and brown and then put some seeds in with it. The director said, though, that he had gone out and found some actual shit, like deer shit in the woods, but the actor was not about to let him put shit on him. And I. Oh, Billy, just, come on. I don't know. Well, and, okay, the deer, deer pellets aren't, aren't nearly as bad as, like, cat shit or dog. You know, it's like it's totally yeah, like, everything. I would, do, I would do a few deer pellets for sure, yeah. or, like, or owl turkey. Rabbits, you know. Rabbit, rabbit pellet. Like, those are, like, little. Like you could just eat those, but definitely no bear scat. Wait, no bear scat. Eat, no, why? Why would you eat well, rabbit pellets? I didn't, I didn't say that. You don't eat the you don't eat the pellets. You just eat the fruit out of it that, that they, <laughs> they can't digest. Oh, bear grills taught me that shit. Bear scat, baby. Bear scat apples. <laughs> but no, this is the first instance of for being in a movie like this. It's actually the people that made it are kind of prudish because. Um, Okay, after this, they're driving back to uh, their houses. They're going their own way. And uh, one of the jokes that the first time it's made is about uh, the slutty girl, Allie. And the joke is, you know, it's harder to close her legs than the John JonBenet Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> that I died. I was like, oh, my God. Like, damn. 
But the whole thing is the right the director and writer are talking about it, and it's like, yeah, you know, if we could go back, we might not do that joke because it's in such poor taste. Mm-hmm. But the way they overcame it, it's like there's like, yeah, it's bad, but if we just, you know, doubled down on it and just went over the top with it to make it absurd. So they not only included it there, they included two four times in the movie. They, so they, they just, lean into it and I love the fact they lean into it. And it's like they lean into the cringe and they're just like, we did that. We did that. <laughs> if you're going to do it, you got to own it at that point. You just got to you have to own it. Right. Well, I'm just shocked I, that they're worried about being offensive when they're making a movie called Thanksgiving about a turkey that does some horrible shit that starts. I mean, I am just shocked because if we I know if we put a line like that in a movie we came up with. Do you think we would have a fucking second thought about it? Nope. Well, I, I think maybe like 10 years ago, the sensitivity thing, probably not. But maybe now you'd be like in the edit, you'd be like, oh, fuck. After you like, <laughs> yeah, after you get it all together and you're like, oh, uh, well, OK, let's do that. But I mean, yeah. we probably would not have wanted any of our. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is it, it, yeah. If they had if they if they really wanted to sell that, then later on during uh, her other scene, then she could have had this whole thing like like leg closing situation that couldn't happen, <laughs> you know, like to really sell the John Benet Ramsey joke, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we also see, uh, Aaron cut Turkey, you know, they were out in the woods when he came back to life. Now Turkey needs to get into this city so he can go on his murder spree and turkeys don't go that fast. I mean, they got tiny legs. So why does he do? He hitchhikes and the guy that picks him up, Ass, grass, grass or gas. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so Turkey uh, is not because this guy is talking to a goddamn talking turkey. No second thought starts unbuttoning and unzipping his pants, going to get some roadhead from a fucking turkey. <laughs> but Turkey don't play that. And, well, I love uh, though that a turkey definitely showed him his ass. Though. And he, he said, he said oh, that's not for you. That's ass. not for you or anyone. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what Turkey says. But he let him take a good gander at it. Like, he lingered there for a while. But then Turkey pulls out a shotgun from where did this come from? (laughs) He makes this pervert driver who wanted to fuck a turkey call his wife and kids. Yeah, oh my god, this is a really fucked up scene. God. Look, Turkey's fucking badass. Dude. You don't fuck, Turkey fucks you up, dude. I mean, like. He made him, like, I'll be home really butter. soon, baby. I'll be real home really oh soon. Oh my god. Splatters his brains on the windshield with Jesus. <laughs> And That's honestly the most messed up scene in this whole film. But no, I, my favorite part of that oh. scene is the reaction shot of the sheep in the field. They're like, oh. the, the sheep look up like, bitch, you shot him. Oh, it's like, I'm about to just eat this grass. I'm not going to act like, like um, I didn't, I see, didn't nothing. see nothing. I didn't, I didn't see, see anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't about to get killed by no turkey. <laughs> I'm just going to eat this grass. They, uh, Jordan Downing is telling a story that when they were doing that scene, uh, clearly they didn't have any permits. So the farmer that owned all the sheep called the cops on them because they were disturbing the sheep. And he still had a, uh, expired California license because he's getting changed over to an Ohio license. They had this shotgun in their car just mounted up on a rack and they're doing all this shit. And this cop comes up. There's like, oh, fuck. We are totally fucked now. We got this. (laughs) 
fucking shotgun. We're fucking with these sheep. We got a turkey. Oh I don't God. have a license. But the cop was totally cool with it. Just told him to, you know, move it on. And, uh, yeah, but I can only imagine that scene and how scary Jesus. that would be. Just like, oh, it, fuck. Dude, that happened to me once. Uh, well, not that exact scenario, but on one of my first <laughs> movies, I was working on this horror film, and I was driving the props back to the studio. And they had also used the car I was driving in the film. When they do that, sometimes we put like a little tape on the on the license plate, change it, so people can't like look you up and be like, "Oh, who the fuck's car is this?" Because we're supposed to use like fake plates, but this wasn't that kind of budget. So I'm <laughs> driving down the road with like bloody body parts, swords, guns, fake bags of weed, fake blood in my back seat, and my license plates are altered, and I get pulled over. And the cops were oh like, whoa, God. hold on. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, and this is 2009. So I have a oh sprint phone. I have a sprint <laughs> phone that has like a 0.2 megapixels. So you couldn't tell what any of the blobs in the photos were. But I'm like, look, I'm on set. See, I make movies. <laughs> and I was like, and also at the time, I definitely had actual weed on me. I'm not going to lie about that. But like, uh, but like, but they're just looking through the back and they're just like, they're just like picking up like a fake shotgun and like, oh, here's a bloody foot. And, oh, it's like, here's a bloody prom dress, you know, like, and, and they're like, why is your license plate changed? And I'm just like, it's all for the movie. And they finally like, you know, got on the same page. It was all good. They let me go. I got to go back to work. But he's wanted me for banging horses. <laughs> <laughs> the rest stop. It's the modern bathhouse. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, the fucking this. But I, it, I was all good. I got I got away. I got away scot free. Goddamn. <laughs> So I know I know Jordan and and the crews and, and anxiety when the cops are coming and they have like weapons and guns and they're like what the fuck fake blood oh, stuff shit. that's hard oh. to explain stuff that's hard to explain to the normal uh, law person oh they don't like be, being called police by the way the uh, cops they don't like being called cops don't call them a cop police officer just officer I learned this the hard way I'm on set doing this Lexus thing and. They're like, I'm like, so which one of the cops do you want me to mic up? And I was like, really putting a pah on the on the cop. And the, the producer was like, brought me aside and was like, yo, 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 don't don't call them cops. I call them officers. They don't like that. I was like, oh, because the word copper, like it's like, oh, like I don't know, some Irish shit. I'm like the. Would you try to overenunciate, sir? No, no, no. I was just cool at that point. I didn't realize it. I just was like, oh, I didn't realize that was like the wrong word to say. I was like, damn. I was like, I learned from I, I learned from Police Academy, man. Citizens, citizens on patrol, you know, like citizens on patrol. Uh, um, okay, so we're at the campsite. Turkey's basically gone on a killing spree. Where yep, are we yep. at? At this point, all the kids are going home to their families. Uh, Johnny goes home. His father's disappointed because he's not the starting quarterback for the team. Uh, so they have a heart to heart on the back porch. And he lies to his father, says he is the starting quarterback, when in reality, he's just the backup. And just as they start, you know, connecting, Turkey pops up out of nowhere and chops his father's head off <laughs> and throws it to him, steals his cigar. So Turkey's sitting there smoking a cigar while he tosses the severed head to Johnny, who discovers that his mother's eyes have been pecked out and he has to run away. So he uh, drives away. And at this point, uh, the friends are like, oh, shit, we have a killer turkey on the loose. We need to, you know, come up with a plan. So they all decide to go to Allie's house. 
Now, Allie has decided to start hooking up with her boyfriend, I guess it is. Uh, in actuality, it's Kevin Stewart, the uh, producer and cinematographer, um, because the guy that was supposed to be in that scene backed out at the last minute. So they just were like, oh, fuck, I guess I'll have to do it. And um, so we see Turkey comes into the house, opens the door and sees these two going at it. And um, another instance of just kind of surprising, the actress uh, that played Allie was uncomfortable doing any nudity. So that's why there's not like in most horror movies, that'd be a perfect time for a gratuitous nudity shot. But not in this one. Um, So, again, I mean, hey not comfortable with it you're not comfortable with it but it's just again surprising that these people are in a movie like thanksgiving but either way uh turkey comes up behind her boyfriend slits his throat and the blood from his throat goes all over her back the warm blood so she thinks it's um (laughs) oh you don't last long do you (laughs) (laughs) but turkey wastes no time and he uh See, I think this is the most offensive scene in the movie, the turkey rape scene. So uh, let's dig into this one a little well, bit. Well, I mean, think- it, okay. <laughs> Look, she could have easily fought that turkey off. I don't understand. Are you victim blaming the turkey rape victim? No, no, no. I think that she enjoyed it. I mean, this, this, is, not foul, this is a pretty foul scene. Anyway, I think it. that F-O-W-L? you're supposed to break. You're supposed to break the neck before you stuff the turkey. You know, like, and they, so they did, they kind of did that scene backwards, but you know, I mean, I think it was honestly, I think, and this is a thing that I would did say, he bring uh, her to coitus? I would, uh, I, I would, if I was justifying this as a, as an artist, I would say, this is all for the payoff of the punchline. You just got stuffed <laughs> because look, Turkey is not delivering this line for her. He's delivering it for his own gratification. Like, like, like him, his fucking her uh, non-consensually did not bring him to climax. Like him saying the line, you just got stuffed is the reason for the season. Well, one of the things that they mentioned in the commentary was that they're not even sure if Turkey really likes to kill. He just kills so he can say these one-liners. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, that's like, what they, they like to put call any thought into it, but foul play is. That's yeah, what I like he's to just call. so because later on we see him like in his little teepee because Turkey lives in a fucking teepee now and he's making himself a salad. Ah, nothing like a good salad at the end of a long day. <laughs> ah, get some fiber in there. Those are actual lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, at this point, uh, he breaks Allie's neck after uh, finishing his sex act on her, and then. Um, <laughs> Turkey uh, has visited the sheriff's house, and this is my favorite part of the entire fucking movie. So he knocks on the sheriff's door, and you have this shitty turkey puppet wearing the Groucho glasses. (laughs) (laughs) And the sheriff is wearing a turkey outfit. So you got a turkey dressed as a man, a man dressed as a turkey, (laughs) and the sheriff thinks it's just a little person. He does not a second thought given that there's a talking turkey. With the glasses. So straight. I love it. <laughs> and so he invites them in. Uh, the turkey, turkey's just like, hey, you know, I'm looking for Kristen. It's like, well, she'll be here in a little bit. Come in for some coffee. So they're just in there having that awkward silence at the dinner table, <laughs> sipping coffee. Uh, you know, 
small talk about the weather and Turkey's like, yeah, I, I gotta admit, this is just fucking off, uh, awkward. <laughs> I, I, I'll go. And then, uh, the sheriff makes some kind of comment that offends Turkey and he can't call him know. a duck. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He mistook him for a duck. So, uh, <laughs> Turkey snaps and murders the sheriff, which has the best payoff of the movie. When all the kids show up and the sheriff's daughter knocks on the door and Turkey answers the door oh wearing the sheriff's face, like leather face <laughs> and his cowboy hat. And the daughter gets, leans down and gives Turkey a little hug. Oh my God. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> I, I love they, they all just, they all just walk in and are like, Oh, Hey, what's up, sir? Like Johnny is like trying to like impress the dad, you know, like, yeah. And so they're the reason they're at uh, her father's house is uh, they're trying to find a book about Turkey because apparently Turkeyology is a thing in this universe. <laughs> Turkeyologists are people that study turkeys. Well, let me and, tell uh, you, the, the montage music is fire. It's <laughs> fucking fire, dude. It's also the intro music to the film and the end music at the end. But, but they're just like looking for these books in the montage. It's amazing. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, they wanted to do a library, but they didn't know anyone with a fucking library. They didn't know anyone with a big living room full of books. So they just did their best and put a bunch of boxes in a garage and used that as their stand-in for a library. And uh, I think it just adds to the cheesiness and, hey, thumbs up like you're doing right now. But, yeah, so uh, they eventually find a book because, of course, it's, Sheriff has a random book about turkeys in his garage on how to kill turkey and send them back to hell. Right. But at that point, um, I think it's Billy walks into the kitchen and sees Turkey trying to dispose of the sheriff's body who has no face now. And Turkey's like, fuck it. It is me. They have a struggle. They steal Turkey's amulet. That is like his protection and Turkey runs off into the night while the kids are left there, uh, trying to figure out what happened. And the girl doesn't seem that broken up that her father just got murdered by a killer Turkey and his face ripped off. She, uh, she recovers very well in this. And I, yeah, yeah. It's oh, just, Johnny, I, especially Johnny just has the, uh, a heart of gold, man. He just, he just keeps the on power, powering through it. So um, at that point, uh, let's see, Billy is like, fuck this. This is too crazy. I'm going home. And a scene that doesn't make a lick of sense. He finds this kind of ghostly turkey on the side of the road. And the way they do it in the movie, it's all animated. And he eats this whole animated turkey. And then uh, out of nowhere, turkey shoots the shotgun from inside of Billy, blowing his chest open. Turkey pops his head out with the iconic line, gobble, gobble, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's what I call foul play. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, again, one of those things that you really shouldn't, you know, think about too hard because the filmmaker sure as shit didn't. uh, God, Billy's death hits so hard, though. Oh, Oh, yeah. So the other kids eventually discover it. And Darren, the nerdy guy, and Billy, they were real friends. And Darren is taking this hard. He's trying to comfort his friend, tell him, you know, it's not all that bad, although his chest is just totally exploded out in front of him. (laughs) And then uh, 
they have a little dream sequence. Uh, Cody, you were talking to me about that a little earlier. The dead best friend. <laughs> it's a it's a classic iconic tune, and I think this is where the movie reaches a point of of like ludicrous uh, irony that it, it that it folds in on itself like this own universe <laughs> of of meta like comedy because it's a song. It's a dream sequence about. Oh, Billy, you, I remember when you took me to get my first ice cream cone and they're like hanging out by the beach and just like doing stuff. And they're singing a song called My Dead Best Friend. And the movie doesn't like they don't break the fourth wall here. They just do it. And then they go right back into the story. It's amazing. It's 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 fine art, honestly. <laughs> uh, so at that point, yeah, they uh, eventually um, track turkey down to his teepee as i mentioned and he is uh preparing himself a salad just doop a doo doop a doo as a killer turkey would do um they have a <laughs> i like the uh exchange that darren and turkey have he's like i got something you don't have turkey's like what a vagina <laughs> <laughs> And so the turkey, I swear to God, Turkey looks at the fucking camera and laughs when she says that. <laughs> he like turns like towards the camera, like. Ah. Uh, so they start doing whatever <laughs> ritual they have to do to send Turkey back to hell, but he escapes. But then the hermit Oscar, played by the wonderful General Bastard, General Bastard, <laughs> he uh, appears out of nowhere and shoots Turkey in the head with a shotgun, blasting him into a trash can seemingly killing poor turkey and that's where we uh kind of end the second act uh kind of a false resolution because everyone goes off on their way like ah oh, turkey's dead thank god but unfortunately this trash can was filled with radioactive waste yep because yep. why why not what are the odds of that perfect no an actual that's another line <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, right now, Kristen, Johnny, and Darren go back to their house. Um, Johnny and Kristen start getting a little freaky with it. Uh, and then Darren goes to the kitchen where Turkey is waiting. Now, Turkey has his gaping head wound, like JFK style, and he's fucking glowing green. And he attacks Darren, rips his tongue out. Pecks his heart out. Darren has his uh, vision of Billy. He shakes his heart out. He shakes his heart out. It goes on way too long. It's like 37 (laughs) shanks to the aorta and rips out his heart, which he then discards. I thought he was going to eat it ritualistically or something, but no. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I forgot. The way he initially starts the attack is he shoots a meat thermometer into his ass. (laughs) <laughs> and why does the t- the temperature go to 200 degrees all fast? Is it because of the radiation? I was wondering why it went so went hot so fast. And he goes, you're fucking hot or something. He, I swear to God, he says this like. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so then Johnny's just like, oh, this is taking too long. So he goes into the kitchen sees Darren dead. Turkey attacks Johnny with an electric turkey carver uh, and stabs him in the belly. So Johnny and Kristen run out to the shack outside. Turkey follows them. Uh, Kristen gets the old spray paint with a lighter, sets Turkey on fire, and that kills him. And um, 
Johnny dies and uh, that's the end of the movie, except for one final scene where uh, it's a family at a Thanksgiving celebration, which is actually uh, Jordan Downey's actual family. And uh, <laughs> the turkey there is all cooked and everything, but out of nowhere, it comes to life. <laughs> and sure as shit, it's turkey back from the dead. And then we get a final screen that says to be continued in space. And that is the end of 66 minutes of some of the best filmmaking I have ever been lucky enough to watch. I hope that one day we can hopefully have some of the filmmakers on our podcast. Oh, I will. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they came up with a movie like this, they sound like our people. Absolutely. Dude. I mean, I think at some point we have to do maybe like a mini thing where we watch that, his critters short and kind of just talk about it or something. Yeah. 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 Because, because I'm really intrigued at the, at the progression of like Thanksgiving to a critter short to a, a movie that Chris is giving high, high uh, praise to about a Viking uh, assassin. Headhunter. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Well, also, it's really good. um, in 2013, the sequel, Thanksgiving 3, came out. Uh, <laughs> this time, they had a budget of $112,000 that they wow. got from wow. a Kickstarter campaign. So, um, and like I said, it gets kind of confusing because there is no Thanksgiving 2, but the plot of Thanksgiving 3 is Turkey trying to find the last copy of that. So uh, I, I unfortunately was not able to get a hold of it on Amazon in time for this. Uh, but there's also uh, Thanks Killing the Musical. Oh. It premiered in 2013 and off off Broadway. And, and um, yeah, apparently Ryan Francis reprises his role as Darren. And uh, the last showing I see was 2017, but I can only imagine how great of an experience Thanks Killing the Musical is. Oh, dude, I would pay to see that. Fuck. Yeah, how that is- would be mind blowing. I mean, I feel like this is a movie that should have a much bigger cult following, or maybe it does and we don't know. Maybe we'll find out. But it's like, you know, you see, uh, oh, everyone loves like all these Annabelle movies. It's a fucking doll. Yeah. Okay. Fuck that. Like, so like here, like someone was like, look, I got this, I got this dumb movie. It's a, it's, there's a, there's a damn turkey. Like I, man, I can't watch, I can't wait to have children. And for them to become young adults, I don't know, 11, 13, and so I can show them this movie. Uh, no, no, maybe like 20. I don't know. Anyway, but then they, and just revel, man. Just revel in it. You know? Revel. <laughs> revel. <laughs> revel. <And> revel. <laughs> Didn't you grow up on that street? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 628. <laughs> revel. Oh, <laughs> Okay. So I think that's going to do it for this this week's episode. Um, do we I, do we know what we're doing for the next for the next one? Uh, yet? I I have a pretty good idea. I I still need to narrow it down. I got it narrowed down to two or three flicks. But okay. uh, next week we're going. To, we've had some fun these last few weeks, but we're going to go sleazy. Uh, oh. Let me tell you, it's going to be something nasty, something sleazy, something grimy. Uh, shit that will stick with you uh so get ready for that it, it's, it's gonna be fun but it's we're we're taking a turn down a dark road on this one i promise you i like it i like it we need oh, we, we, wrong turn 
<laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, no, it will not be wrong turn. I know there's some people out there that uh, I've talked to. I really want to do that one day, but uh, not this time. There's gonna, I got something special planned. Sweet. Awesome. But definitely, if you haven't seen it, check out Thanksgiving. I think it's uh, on Tubi or Amazon. Um, I got the fucking DVD for 11 bucks off Amazon, but fucking check it out. It is great. Make it a family tradition. Uh, there is turkey rape in it, so be aware of that. But come on. Thanksgiving. This is what I, America needs right now. This will unite I, the country. <laughs> I, I couldn't hi- more highly recommend a, a, a movie of this caliber for so many reasons. For like, it's the way they made it, the way they created it, like, you know, the, the way that they executed it, everything. I'm, I'm, I was like enamored with it. Yeah, there is a turkey rape. We got, there's probably some issues with that. But, but in the terms of like things that you can get in trouble for, get canceled for, I mean, you know, the turkey does call the kids retarded and, and he also <laughs> yeah. drops an F-bomb on them. And I just don't understand how there's not more controversy over this. Like, like obviously Serbian film or uh, spit on your grave. We, we all hear about these moments that people don't want to watch in those movies, but no one's ever really went there with thanks killing. And I think it should be on that same <laughs> level of like, Oh, be careful because it, there's a, there's a turkey rape scene in this film. But like I said, I also couldn't just, I couldn't more highly recommend it more. If you want a schlocky, hilarious horror film to watch, that is like, you know, oh, it's a Friday night and we're all hanging out and nothing's happening. Throw Thanksgiving Killing on, especially if it's this Friday, which is Thanksgiving coming up. So, I mean, dude. Yeah, no, this is highly recommend. I don't even think we need to do any ratings for this because I think it's yeah. unanimous that this we can't go give high enough ratings to Thanksgiving. Killing. This is the type of movie that I think we started this podcast for uh, to get out there and I, I bet lots of people have heard of it but if you haven't please check it out it is fucking fantastic i would say we'd give this the blood sucking geeks like seal of quality oh uh is that oh okay i don't know I was... it's only reserved for the most you're right I, I, I will, movies I will double i'll double stamp that <laughs> oh yeah yeah no i uh like you said, I would love to try to track down these guys and get them on sometimes. Uh, maybe do Thanksgiving 3 and talk to them about that, but we'll oh, see yeah. what's in store. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do we'll it start. for this week's podcast. We'll see you next time. Stay safe. And we'll see you later. Ta ta. Flashy. Flashy. What the hell? What kind of accident? Well, I took this here axe and I accidentally cut him. Get it? Accident. (laughs) Die, turkey, you demon. So long, sucker. (laughs) I will get you, turkey. I'll get you if it's the last thing I ever do, you son of a bitch. Why? Why? Where's my wife? Now you, Flashy. Damn you, turkey! Damn you! Well, it's getting late. This was fun, guys, but I think it's time to hit the sack. And go to bed after that. (laughs) Right, guys? (laughs) Yeah, I got it, Billy. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) 
shit! I forgot to call my dad. Shit, shit, shit. He's probably worried sick. I'll be right back. I don't have service right here. Be careful. Yeah. And don't wander off too far. There might be an evil turkey on the loose. Daddy, our car broke down and we decided to camp out for the night. I'll be back on the road first thing tomorrow, though. And I'm totally fine, so don't worry. Robert Funkin. Yes. Yes, I promise, Daddy. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll go to that banquet together. Be careful.